0: into his office <laughs> one day and he's like he's asking me about a player and what I thought about his his game that night and I was like kind of shocked a little bit but I was like he asked me the question so I've I gave him an, an honest opinion <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he just looks me looks straight at me and goes so you think you're a freaking coach now <laughs> and I was like, OK, so I learned right then and there that, you know, stay in your lane no matter, you know, who asks you a question or whatever, like think before you speak like you're you're here to be an equipment manager and, and manage the equipment and and uh, let everybody else do their job.
1: Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favali, and this is Crunch Chronicles presented by Wendy's. Today on the show, we take a little detour away from our typical guests of players and coaches who've played or coached in Syracuse, and instead we get a different perspective on things with former Crunch Equipment Manager Colton Wilson. Colton spent five seasons with the Crunch, beginning as one of the youngest equipment managers in the league in 2017-18, and he remained in Syracuse through the 2020-2021 season, overseeing all aspects of the equipment for players and hockey staff. Following that unusual COVID season in 2020-2021, Colton added his name to the Tampa Cuse pipeline by earning his promotion to head equipment manager for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I hope you enjoy our conversation. But first, a quick word from Wendy's and Lee Baldwin & Company. Wendy's Pretzel Bacon Pub Cheeseburger is back. Dive into a bite packed with warm, savory beer cheese, Applewood smoked bacon, crispy fried onions, and hot and juicy beef. All perfectly paired with a Dr. Pepper at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time dr pepper is a registered trademark of dr pepper seven up inc lee baldwin and company is a proud sponsor of the syracuse crunch for all of your investment needs check them out at investtoday.com. lee baldwin and company you do the dreaming they'll do the math
0: yeah so i uh heading into my second season here as the head equipment manager for the tampa bay lightning and uh Just uh, the season getting going here is what's keeping me busy. You know, we're taking care of the guys, getting everything uh, taken care of each day and just making sure everything's in line so these guys can go out and perform at their best, so
1: at the grind again and it's like you said you know the start of the year about a month in out of the season and we know it goes back before that as well with training camps and uh you know prospect tournaments and maybe those aren't the same guys that are down there now but it's still uh, you know you're involved in that a little bit what's you know what's it like here at the start of the year for you as you you try to wrap your head around things if you got new guys coming in guys leaving it's it's probably a crazy time yeah
0: it's always interesting uh Obviously, it's it's kind of, it's good having the prospects that we deal with for a few years, kind of knowing and seeing who the, the guys are that are going to be coming up in the future, and we start to get to know them, you know, a couple years in advance, and, you know, the new guys coming from other organizations and stuff like that is uh, it's usually pretty smooth, especially at this level where we're in constant communication with other equipment staffs from their previous teams and getting all their – Specifications and information that we need to get them all set up, and it's uh, lots of getting orders done right away. On you know, as soon as everything goes down trade-wise and whatnot, uh, we we go ahead and try to get everything going with the vendors right away, and it's usually pretty seamless w- when we when we bring guys. But uh, it's always interesting just trying to figure out guys is routines and different personalities coming into the room and making sure we, we manage those the way that we need to and kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely have to circle back on routines and, you know, the, the, the ins and outs, the quirks, I guess, of some guys. Everyone, you know, at every level, they certainly have them. But, you know, just to, I, I guess for, for those who don't know, and you've kind of touched on it already a little bit, but what is your day-to-day, your responsibility as a head equipment manager in the NHL? And, and I'm sure it's it's a little different, obviously pretty similar as well to what you're doing here in Syracuse. But, you know, what, what do you, you know, what's your role, what's your job uh, uh, aside just keeping everyone happy which is I guess the bottom line what you need to do but what do you what do you do on a daily basis
0: yeah so my main responsibility is uh, ordering and uh, making sure we have an inventory of all the items that you need and to work pro hockey and uh, you know I ordered the uh, skates the sticks the gloves the pants all that kind of stuff there's custom specifications for certain players that I have to manage and make sure the vendors know about and, and that kind of stuff. And then uh, once all that stuff's ordered and everything comes in, then we go on to uh, just managing that equipment is the role states. It's, uh, you know, just making sure that everything's in place, things are maintained, lots of repairs and holes and rips and stuff that damages during the games and practices and stuff like that. And then obviously the skate sharpenings that we're doing every day and maintaining the guys' edges so that they're not falling on the ice all day long. And we do the little things such as laundry and whatnot. But now in this role, I I have a a great staff here, Pat Dolan and Jason Berger. They, uh, you know, I I manage those guys and make sure that they're, you know, operating the room. I, I get pulled away at times to, to deal with uh, companies and other teams coming in, making sure that we have pickups from the airport and all that kind of stuff uh, taken care of and just uh, keeping the staff afloat, I guess, is kind of the role that I've been put in now. So that's pretty much the day to day.
1: Yeah. Nice and fun. uh, Nice and straightforward. And then of course, you know, at the course of a, if it's a game day, you're out there, if it's during the game, you're, you're on or near floating around the bench. What's, you know, what's it like? Uh, it's probably a little bit different from the AHL to the NHL. Your your in-game experience for you.
0: Yeah, in-game experience is awesome. It's a high-paced game. It's a, a lot going on. You know, you got multiple guys asking you for things at, all at the same time. And you just kind of learn how to, uh, you know, juggle all that stuff at the same time. But during the games we're, we're just available, you know, everything's done and taken care of before the players show up for the game. So uh, leading up to the game and throughout the game, we're just, they're available, available for whatever the guys need. If they, they have a steel change, you know, we're sharpening it during the game to have it ready in case they need it again. And, you know, little things like we, we said repairs and stuff like that pops up during games that we're, we're available for. And, and then, on the bench is just being alert for broken sticks and changing steel and cleaning guys' visors and little things like that. And you have a, you know, situation here and there where the goaltender needs something and he'll come over and you got to think fast and get a quick repair done or whatever, but it's, it's high pace. The games fly by and, but it's certainly the the best part of the job is, is the games and just being in the atmosphere of, the buildings and all the fans, and hearing the guys chatter out there, and just being a part of these guys going out there to try to win a game is uh, is definitely a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: You, you talked about, you know, the goaltender and I got to imagine that's the most daunting moment for you. If, you know, uh, not to take anything away from, uh, there's a broken stick on a face off and you scramble to get that, or someone needs swap steel. But if you see your goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky or Brian Elliott, or whoever might be coming over, that's gotta be, Oh, what, what do we got to do here? This has got to be quick.
0: Oh yeah. That's, uh, that's like the worst fear going into a game for me. <laughs> there's been times where, you know, something happens and you, you know you have an idea in your head but you don't even really know what the issue is until he actually gets to you and then you're just like you try something that first pops to mind and most of the time it's just you trying to be creative and whatever the whatever it might be usually it's a, a toe tie that breaks on on their pad and you have to figure out a way to to lace that back into their skate and it's definitely nerve-wracking especially at this level i experienced it last year for the first time and you don't realize it in the moment, or at least I didn't, that, uh, all eyes are on you and you're on the, the big jumbotron and there's 20,000 people watching and the people on TV and whatever. And I was getting text messages from friends and whatnot, seeing me on TV there. And that's my highlight moment to them. But to me, it's like, well, that's, if you see me on TV, it's similar to trainers, obviously not as uh, medical guys, not as, uh, important but it's probably a bad thing if you see me on tv <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and, and it's true you get your face time in there but you don't really want that FaceTime uh, at that yeah moment. exactly <laughs> and, and you know every little thing is if if you're on tv everything is getting nitpicked too well what's he doing is he is he making this change that change you know all eyes are on you
0: oh yeah oh yeah there's uh everybody has their opinion about whatever it is in the world and It goes the same way with hockey and and even my job. So it's uh, you just you you do your best and you keep going and, you know, you don't don't read into too much of the the negativity if there is any. Yeah,
1: well, that's, that's great. Colton Wilson, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Let's take it how you ended up in Tampa. You were obviously here for five years in Syracuse, which we'll circle back on and focus on a bit here uh, shortly, but last summer you got the call up to the Lightning. How did that all? Uh, how did that all take place for you? And and I'm sure what a whirlwind it ended up being for you uh, at the start of last year.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. You know, we uh, we were lucky enough to be sent up here to Tampa to work the finals, or or I actually uh, majority of the playoffs, and uh, all the way into the final. And I was there for the win and. We, uh, you know, we celebrated and enjoyed our time and it was uh, not much later than wrapping up after the, the boat parade. We, I got a phone call. Um, they decided to make some changes on the staff here in Tampa and um, ultimately they just needed some help down here uh, doing some end of the season inventory, wrapping up uh, whatever was left to do at the end of the year, getting guys home we usually ship guys equipment home for them to train over the summer and little things like that. And they asked if I'd be willing to come down and help out, uh, Jason Berger, uh, staff member that we still have here and doing all that. So, um, came down here and just was helping out and never really conversated much about, was there an opportunity for me in Tampa given the situation? And I just you know, was doing my part, coming down to help out. And at the end of the week, just uh, got a call from Julian and asked if I'd sit down with him and Matthew Darsh. And we sat down and chatted for a little while. And at the end of the conversation, they had offered me the, the head position here. And um, I was obviously stupid to say no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, ultimately, it uh, I think it just came down to gaining relationships over the years you know i've i've been in the organization and met these guys worked with these these guys that make these decisions and uh fortunately enough i've had a good relationship with these guys and they had faith in me to take over so here i am
1: yeah well it's for, for good reason and, and i don't think we've ever heard a uh, a bad word about you from anyone who's uh, who's dealt with you over the years which I'm sure it doesn't hurt either. Uh, and so how's the adjustment been? You know, it's been over a year now, but the Florida life, a little different than Syracuse. How's everything going uh, away from the rink?
0: It's great. You know, uh, my wife, Dana, she she's loving it. She's uh, fortunate enough to be working remote from, uh, she actually works for McMahon Ryan uh, Child Advocacy Center there in Syracuse still. And working remote and uh kind of doing her own schedule being able to go to the pool all year round whenever she wants you know working out and getting to run outside is is different than finding a gym somewhere in Syracuse when it's snowing and for me it's uh it's it's so nice for the mental health uh side of things to just uh, wake up in the morning and it, it be warm you feel cozy you're not like clearing off your car or,
1: you know, like
0: going through that kind of stuff. And obviously the sunshine, you know, soaking in all the vitamin D you can helps too. And like, it's just, uh, it, I love it uh, for the most part. It's, uh, the landscape and everything like that down in Florida is different. And I'm more of a, a mountainy type of feel type of guy. I don't know. I, I, I would, if I could choose a different landscape, I would, but the weather and, and the city itself in Tampa here you can't beat it.
1: Yeah, well we're all super happy for uh, for that and for you of course as we talk with Colton Wilson former head equipment manager with the Crunch. All right, let's let's shift our focus now and and talk about your time in Syracuse. It was 5 years like we said, uh, you started in 2017 2018 through uh whatever year it was, 2020, 2021, the, uh, the, the pandemic year here with the Crunch. Uh, before we dive into some of the, I guess, some more specifics, just your your general thoughts. When I say Syracuse, what comes to mind for you?
0: Honestly, the people is what comes to mind to me. And it might sound cheesy, but literally in all of my career, there wasn't a better group of people that surrounded that organization than in Syracuse, like from Jim serosi to you Bridget Heslin one of the best in the business i've ever worked with there's so many people that i could name that have that i worked with there and and that make that operation run the way that it does it's uh it's a top notch it's got to be one of the highest class american hockey league organizations that's really what comes to mind to me is just the the class of the, that organization and the, and the people that are involved in making that
1: happen all right well the check is now in the mail for you for saying that thank you, uh, <laughs> you, 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 you you did your job good job well done Colton uh no we we certainly appreciate that of course and and uh I'm sure everyone who listens to that uh from the office here will will appreciate that uh as well uh, you know you came in though you were you're still very young from for your position and where you are now you were obviously even younger when you first got here how much do you think you grew over your, your time here and, and how much you learned from your just your five seasons with The Crunch?
0: Oh my gosh, I I grew so much. I The difference between the American Hockey League and the ECHL is like a huge difference. But the difference between the American Hockey League and the NHL, there's not much of a difference in, as far as equipment operation goes. And so it was like... It was a huge stretch for me like like going from Syracuse to to Tampa hasn't been as much of an adjustment as it was for me going from the ECHL to the American Hockey League and just having an assistant is different and managing a person on your staff is something that I had never experienced so that was that was an adjustment to make at first and then you know just the the expectation level and the amount of the things that we we inventory for the guys in the American League compared to the ECHL like it was just it's just so much different but as a person it taught me to just focus more and to like and it gave me some confidence to just realize that I could put up with all this and handle all this and that it was just like wow okay it made, made me realize as a person you know that this is uh, I could be really successful at this and so it was, it was a good confidence booster going in and, and, and feeling successful in Syracuse.
1: And it certainly was a, a very good run for you uh, here in Syracuse. Take us back to at the very start and, and how you ended up here in the first place. You, you talked about the ECHL, you there in Tulsa, and, and uh, you know your, your path is, is a unique one. Fill us in on, on how you ended up here in Syracuse in the first place and, and how that all came about.
0: Yeah, no. So I'm from Bloomington, Illinois, and uh, they brought a pro team in there that was in like the the United Hockey League, the IHL, uh, Central Hockey League, a couple different leagues that they were involved with. And I started stick boying uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, all the way up until I graduated high school. And right out of high school, uh, the Team it was uh, the Bloomington Blaze Central Hockey League at the time uh, ended up offering me the head equipment position and um, I gained relationships beforehand with the general manager at the time and was selling tickets in the front office and stuff throughout the summer and then just so happened that I landed this this equipment gig and after my one year the team ended up folding and they dropped down uh, to the SPHL. And I couldn't find a job anywhere else. And so I, I was like, well, this is what I'm doing. So I, I had the experience right away, like my second year at 19 years old, to start up a, a brand new team. And I don't care what league it is, like that's that's a, a hard job to do, to new colors, new team name and all that good stuff. So I did that. And then uh, like a couple months into the season, November, like end of November, I got a call from... Tulsa and the ECHL and they were looking for an equipment guy. And I wanted to, to continue to move up or I, you know, I didn't want to like, if I had an opportunity to go to a higher level, I was, I was interested. So I ended up taking that job and left the team in Bloomington, uh, at the start of the season and went into Tulsa and I was lucky to spend four seasons with the Tulsa Oilers, um, Unbelievable experience. My wife and I love that city and miss Tulsa a lot. After that, I uh, it was my fourth year in Tulsa. I saw a job posting for the third position in Tampa. So I applied for that position and uh, ended up getting an interview. And during the interview, I was told that the head equipment manager in Syracuse JW Aiken was uh, going to be going to start up the new team in Vegas And, uh, they kind of had a guy in mind already for the third position in Tampa and said, what are your thoughts on being a head guy in, in the American hockey league? And that sounded unbelievable to me. And it was kind of, that was a step above kind of what I was even shooting for. And so all these crazy, amazing opportunities kind of just like been falling into my lap and I landed the job in Syracuse and, uh, here
1: we are. <laughs> Here you are. Whatever. Six years later now, and about you say they fall to your lap, but you've obviously put yourself in a in a good position for all of that, and and have impressed the right people at the right time, for sure. So year number one, 2017-18, it was a very good team on the ice. It's you're welcome to the AHL, though. You, you mentioned it earlier how different it is. From the ECHL to the AHL, and I mean, we've all—I—I I went through the same path. It, it is clearly different. What was the—I don't know if there was a welcome to the AHL or just an eye-opening moment for you at some point in that first season, like, "Whoa, this is this really is different."
0: I think it was just the pace of the game was was a big thing, and then the personnel like uh, i think the coaching staff really opened my eyes to like how real of a league this was and their expectation levels uh, Ben grew obviously he's got a lot of high expectations for everybody that he works with and not just his staff but his players and, and everyone so i think he really opened my eyes to like you hear stories about hockey coaches and some of them are harder than others and and i would say that, you know he was I I don't know if he's necessarily hard, but he just, uh, like I said, those expectations he had were were really high. And like in the ECHL, you help out in every area that you can, you, you know, you help out the trainer if you need to, or the front office or whatever. And I come to the American league and I've, I find out that like, I'm here to just do equipment. Jim Cirosi, I'll never forget. He told me, you know, you're here to manage the equipment and, we don't want you to have to worry about anything else. So whatever you need to, to be able to just focus on equipment, you let us know. And so that was, that was a big eye opener for me. And, and then uh, kind of a funny story, like <laughs> Ben Groot pulls me into his office Uh-oh. <laughs> one day. And he's like, he's asking me about a player and what I thought about his his game that night. And, I was like, kind of shocked a little bit, but I was like, he asked me the question. So I've, I gave him an, an honest opinion. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he just looks me, looks straight at me and goes, so you think you're a freaking coach now? <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I learned right then and there that, you know, stay in your lane, no matter, you know, who asked you the question or whatever, like, think before you speak like you're you're here to be an equipment manager and, and manage the equipment and and uh, let everybody else do their job <laughs>
1: <laughs> i can't even imagine being uh, put in that position though my goodness and, and we I was know like, well we-
0: i guess that was a trick question i know now
1: <laughs> yeah just zip it up next time well we know ben can be very intimidating very demanding he's wonderful once you you get to know him but man that oh. at that moment or your first year i could i'd be shaking in my boots
0: Oh, I was, I was shaken. And afterwards I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, what did I say? Like, what was I thinking? You know? And, but what a, what a life lesson that was. I carry that with me still. Yeah. Ben was awesome to work with. Like as the years went on, we, we gained a really good relationship and we had a lot of really personal conversations and he knows a lot about me and I know a lot about him on a personal level. It's uh He's a good
1: man. Yeah, he really is. Uh, like I said, once you kind of crack that shell a little bit, he is—he is amazing to uh, to deal with. Y- you've talked a lot about relationships, and uh, we-, we can't go through this without you know circling back on someone you mentioned earlier, uh, who was here in Syracuse with you, Pat Dolan, who was—I um, guess he came in. Uh, your second season here as your assistant and he's been with you since then. T- talk about Pat and what you know, how he helped you here and, and the relationship you two have had and the success I guess that you guys have had together.
0: Yeah, you know Pat's awesome. Met Pat back in the ECHL days also. He was in Rapid City and I was looking for a guy, you know, my my first year I had an assistant. Great guy. Uh, we uh, just, there were some things we didn't see eye to eye on and I wanted a guy that I could, uh, rely on a little bit more and, and, uh, somebody that could sharpen skates and, you know, somebody that could do the job that I did or that I do. And, um, and we can, you know, bounce off of each other and work more as a, a partnership and, and not just like an assistant that can do the little things that maybe I can't get to or whatever. And Pat seemed like that, was that, that, that was the guy. And so we brought him in and he was, uh, he's been unbelievable ever since. Like he, uh, like I said, he does the same job that I do. He can do everything that I do and he does everything just as well as I do. And, you know, I get pulled away and at certain times to do paperwork and, you know, deal with personnel or whatever it is. And and I can rely and trust that he's doing his thing and managing the room, taking care of the players and, you know, keeping up on all the the things that, you know, I can't always uh, focus on and, he's just a, he's a great person. He's an incredibly hard worker. He puts in so much time and the pride that he takes in the job is, you know, if, if everybody, you know, took pride in their jobs the way that this guy does, you know, anybody could be successful. So he, he is a, a very big piece, uh, a key to my success. And I can't thank him enough for, for coming in and, continuing to do the job that he does. And Pat has a bright future. If he wants to go and be a head guy in the NHL somewhere at some time, I, I, I could see that happening for him. And, you know, it's uh, only time will tell.
1: Yeah, definitely a, a home run addition to the staff, first here in Syracuse and then there uh, in Tampa as well. While we're on the, the topic of people, I, I want to – you know, you're here for five years. Um, is there anyone – you might not answer this. I don't know what the uh, the, 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 the <laughs> bylaws are for the equipment guys, but who is there a player that sticks out in your mind as someone who uh, either had those quirks or, or something or just, uh, you know, the five years of, of players that you came through here uh, with the crunch, you know, who sticks out to you as someone who, uh, whether it was an easy guy to deal with or someone like, oh boy, we got to change this every day on this guy. What, however you want to take this question.
0: You know, I think that there's, there's one player that stands out to me in a positive way um, Eric Chernak. he's a guy that I came into the organization with and have you know continued to see the last six years and there's other guys that I've had the same time with and there's you know there's always like a little change in personality when guys make it to the NHL and they're making all that money and they're feeling really good about themselves and those, their confidence boosts and maybe their personality changes a little bit. But uh, Eric Trenak's a guy that has never changed. He's always been the same guy since day one. He's super respectful. He's incredibly high maintenance. He's, he's got got lots of quirks and he's got, you know, he's, he's got his set ways of doing things and, you know, But he's also such a great person that you don't mind doing those things for guys that, you know, have that much respect for you and and know the time that you put in for them. So he's definitely a guy that's stood out to me as one of the good ones. And, you know, I, I don't foresee that ever changing.
1: Oh, good. Well, that's a great answer. That's great to hear. And uh, also tell Eric Chernak he he should come on our podcast at some point here down the line for sure. I'll tell him. Good, yes. Uh, We'll get him (laughs) on here uh, at some point, hopefully this season then, uh, for Eric Chernak. He was one of our favorites as well we don't want to hold you too long here colton we'll, we'll wrap up with this one you know we already kind of started with this and when we looked at the crunch but just you know one final takeaway one final thought of of your time uh, here in syracuse whether it's with the crunch in the city whatever it might be
0: yeah so i i loved the city and you know the little festivals and the farmers market and things like that that you can do around town. Obviously the mall's a, a hit for people. And, um, but, uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't say it enough. Like I, my, the greatest thing is Syracuse is, is the people and the organization. The building's awesome. The locker room facilities are, were great when I was there and I heard they've made them even better. And, uh, from Jim Cerosi, the Vance Lederman, Howard, great owner, um, just all the people, the personnel, you know, it was a great experience when, when you leave a place after so many years and and you still have those relationships and you still stay in touch with those people. And, and that's what I'm most grateful for.
1: Well, we are grateful that you have stayed in touch with us uh, over the last couple of years as well. Colton, thanks so much for doing this here today. Uh, We, uh, we wish you well, continued success there in Tampa. and, And we'll chat again soon.
0: Yes, sir. Great talking to you. Appreciate you having me miss you all. Say hi to everyone for me.
1: There he is, Colton Wilson. We thank him for giving us the time and wish him continued success in Tampa. I always enjoyed my chats with Colton when he was here in Syracuse, and he was always extremely helpful if I ever asked him for really anything at any point during the day or during the course of a game day, whatever it might be. His story is certainly a great one, and the success he's had already at such a young age is impressive and very well-deserved. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the show. Thanks again to Colton Wilson for joining us. For all of us with this Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Favali saying so long for now. We'll chat again next week on another episode of Crunch Chronicles.